RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A prominent Beijing advisor says now is not the time to pass national security legislation in Hong Kong. Almost 100 people charged with rioting over an unauthorised march in September appear in West Kowloon Court. And the Commerce Secretary looks forward to a rebound in tourism next year. A prominent Beijing advisor has played down calls for immediate action to pass national security legislation in Hong Kong, saying the current administration has neither the strength nor the time to pass it. Jimmy Choi reports. Lao Siu Kai, a vice president of the Chinese Association of Hong Kong and Macau Studies, says he's not confident Hong Kong authorities can complete the work for Article 23 legislation within one or two years. Mr Lao also says because the current political turmoil hasn't ended, he believes it's unlikely there will be a reshuffle in the Carrie Lam administration. President Xi Jinping said a few days ago that after the handovers of Hong Kong and Macau, the affairs of the two regions became China's internal affairs. Speaking on RTHK's Millennium Programme, Mr Lau said the statement was aimed at the United States and Western countries, whom Beijing has accused of meddling in China's domestic affairs. 96 people have been charged with rioting over clashes with police after an unauthorised march in September have been brought back to West Kowloon Court for mention. Hundreds of people have been queuing to sit in on the hearing. Timmy Sung reports. Defendants will be dealt with in two groups, with the first involving 44 suspects. They are alleged to have taken part in a riot on Harcourt Road. The second group comprises 52 defendants who are alleged to have committed rioting in Queensway. Among the defendants, a social worker faces an additional charge of assaulting a police officer. Almost 300 public seats have been created outside the courtroom for the case, with some 200 people queuing to sit in on a hearing. The charges relate to an illegal rally on September the 29th, when thousands of people took to the streets on Hong Kong Island for what was labelled a global anti-totalitarian march. The Commerce Secretary Edward Yao is hoping that tourist arrivals in Hong Kong will rise next year as tensions in the city ease. The figures for November saw tourist arrivals plunging 56% year-on-year to 2.6 million. Here's Mr Lau. The November figure has been uh, having the biggest dip, over 50% drop in uh, tourism. And the early week of December uh, followed that trend. Uh, of course, uh, whether that will have a rebound because of the Christmas holiday, uh, first of season is yet to see. Well, we'll see how, how things uh, are going in, the, uh, in this week or the uh, week after this. But I think uh, we, are, we are at a quite a tough time. But, uh, and, but we hope, well, with the um, easing of the tension uh, locally, uh, I hope, well, the uh, situation will turn better uh, around the year. But having said that, we need to do more and to prepare for the worst. The government is spending $50 million on subsidies for tour agencies to encourage them to organise eco-tours in the SAR. It's intended to help them weather a downturn caused by months of protest. The government will give agencies $100 for each local tourist joining eco-tours, capped at $50,000. The scheme will run six months from January. Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development is Edward Yao. There has been a lot of suggestion that well, while we are having a trough period in terms of incoming tourists, uh, would it open up opportunity for Hong Kong people sort of uh, spending their time in our precious and most welcoming uh, sort of green spots, including country parks? So we hope that well, this uh, would also sort of uh, provide uh, timely assistance to the hard-hit uh, tourism trade, uh, where this uh, small sort of token could encourage uh, more 
tourist, uh, travel agents or, or uh, tourist guide to spend time in organizing such activities for the enjoyment of our local community. A recent survey has highlighted the need for the government to do more to help working mothers. The survey found that the household income of almost half of all grassroots women is 40% below the poverty line. The Society for Community Organisation, which interviewed 200 females, said most of them can't get a suitable job because they have to care for their families. The Society's Lai Shan has met with legislators urging the government to enact more family-friendly policies, including flexible working hours and providing more childcare services. Now the childcare service is, is not enough. There's a shortage, a great gap actually. There's a big, big gap uh, between the demand and the supply. And uh, many of them, they cannot find uh, a place for their children to have a childcare service. And uh, or uh, some of them, they, they even they have a place for their children, that, but they need to, need to pick up by themselves. And so they cannot, when they're working and then they go to pick up or, or take their children. The Customs and Excise Department have replaced four of the high-speed vessels with newer, faster and more advanced craft in their battle against smugglers. They say the new mainland-made vessels can travel at 55 nautical miles or more than 100 kilometres an hour and cost $18 million apiece, while the decommissioned pursuit craft had been in service for 16 years. Assistant Commissioner Chance Tat explained the advantages of the new high-speed vessels in patrolling Hong Kong's coast and around the city's islands. The equivalent uh, speedboat, uh, even for, for, for racing. And then um, these speedboats are very good in terms of their maneuverability. They can turn around on the same spot. They can turn around uh, at very high speed. And also, uh, the endurability of the vessels uh, are very good. And they can travel a long distance. They can travel as long as uh, 330 miles, which is uh, double the distance between Hong Kong and Guangzhou. The Commissioner of the Foreign Affairs Ministry in Hong Kong says the central government will help talented young people in the territory to obtain posts in the United Nations system. Xi Feng told reporters that the new arrangement to nurture youngsters here shows Beijing's recognition of and love for Hong Kong youth and represents a new approach for Beijing. Mr Fung said in a speech that he believed that most young people in Hong Kong loved the motherland and Hong Kong and represented the city's hope for a new beginning. He said the extradition saga over the past six months had pushed the SAR to the limit and it was saddening to see some young people resorting to violence, but he said he believes they're a minority and don't represent young people in Hong Kong. The National People's Congress Standing Committee is going to discuss a request by Hong Kong NPC delegate Thomas Cheung to resign from his duties. Members of the NPCSC, the country's top legislative body, have gathered in Beijing for meetings from today to Saturday. An agenda posted on the body's WeChat account shows an added item about Mr Cheung's request to resign, which was reportedly submitted in October. The South China Morning Post quoted Mr Cheung as saying he didn't want to embarrass Hong Kong delegates because two casinos have taken him to court over gambling debts. Overseas now, the Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has doubled down on his defence of the country's coal industry, despite conceding that climate change had contributed to the extreme weather that's fuelling the country's bushfires. In a series of interviews on Australian television, he said there was no need to panic and impose carbon targets, which he called reckless and job-destroying. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. 
Australia's centre-right government, led by the Prime Minister, Mr Morrison, is an ardent supporter of the coal industry. Coal generates the lion's share of Australia's electricity. It also generates billions of dollars for the Australian economy. There is clearly a political dimension to this. In May of this year, Mr Morrison won a federal election. No one was really expecting him to succeed at that poll. But that was in large part due to support from mining communities. The leading Democratic in the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer, has described as explosive an email that's come to light which ordered military aid to Ukraine be quietly withheld and said the order should be kept quiet. This email is explosive. A top administration official, one that we requested, is saying, stop the aid 91 minutes after Trump called Zelensky and said, keep it hush hush. Mr Schumer said the correspondence showed how important it was to allow the official and other witnesses to testify at President Trump's impeachment trial, which centres on allegations that the White House put pressure on Ukraine to investigate Mr Trump's political rivals. Speaking on NBC's Meet the Press, Vice President Mike Pence's Chief of Staff Mike Short defended Mr Trump. I think the president wants to prove his innocence and has articulated he's open to witnesses, but I think at the same time, the American people are tired of the sham. They're tired of this whole thing. And I think it, we're anxious to get back to the work for the American people. So, you know, to the extent that there's a prolonged trial, we're not anxious for that. We're anxious to say, let's get back to working for things the American people said they wanted. Turkish officials are heading to Moscow to discuss concerns about the Syrian government offensive on rebel-held territory near Turkey's border. The Turkish president Recep Tayyip Erdogan made the announcement. We're making every effort with Russia to stop the attacks, and we will continue to do so. In fact, we're sending a delegation to Moscow tomorrow. They will hold meetings, and we will determine the next steps we will take, depending on the results. Mr Erdogan said tens of thousands were fleeing the government attacks in Idlib province. Thirteen people attending a memorial party for a gunshot victim in the U.S. city of Chicago were injured after the event descended into a gunfight. Four are in hospital in a critical condition. Witnesses said gunshots were heard inside the house, causing many to run. Some were then shot at as they fled. Two men are in custody. Further south in Texas, police are searching for a man who's accused of shooting a hairdresser over his son's haircut. The barber is expected to survive. The Finance Ministry is to lower import tariffs on more than 850 products, including frozen pork, from January. It may help to ease pressure on the country's depleted pork supply after African swine fever tore through the country's pig herds. Pork prices have more than doubled after more than a million pigs were culled. Tariffs on frozen pork will drop from 12 to 8%. Other products which will have lower tariffs include fish, cheese and nuts, pharmaceuticals and a range of chemical products. New Zealand rugby superstar Sonny Bill Williams has followed Arsenal midfielder Mesut Ozil in criticising China's treatment of its Uyghur minority. Williams, a double rugby union World Cup winner with the All Blacks, who's converted to Islam, tweeted that it was a sad time when people chose economic benefits over humanity. His tweet included an illustration of a hand emblazoned with a Chinese flag, gripping another flag with a hand with the flag of East Turkestan and dripping with blood. 
currencies. The US dollar is trading at 109.39 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 13 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,887, 17 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $36 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. Let's start with American football. The Philadelphia Eagles have taken control of their playoff destiny by denying their division rivals on the penultimate week of the NFL season. Carson Wentz passed for 319 yards as the Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys 17-9. The Eagles are in the playoffs as NFC East champions if they beat the New York Giants next week. Dallas can only sneak in if they beat Washington and Philadelphia lose. Meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints occupy the number one and two seats at the top of the NFC after wins for both teams on Sunday. The Niners eliminated the LA Rams by beating them 34-31. The Saints overcame a 14-point deficit to beat Tennessee 38-20. Now, Chelsea's 2-0 victory over Spurs in the English Premier League was disrupted by racist behavior from the crowd at Tottenham Stadium. The alleged abuse was aimed at Chelsea's Antonio Rudiger. The defender was involved in a second-half incident that saw Tottenham's Son Heung-min sent off. The BBC's John Murray was at the game. Frank Lampard's very public celebrations in front of the Chelsea supporters spoke volumes. It'll be overshadowed, though, by the fact three announcements were made in the second half to remind supporters racist behaviour is unacceptable. Chelsea's Antonio Rudiger having reported hearing racist abuse to the referee. The match was won by two goals from Willian in the first half, the second a penalty, and Spurs' hopes of a comeback ended when Son Heung-min was sent off, VAR ruling that his tangle with Rudiger was violent conduct. That overshadowed what was a great performance by Chelsea. The win ensured they stayed above Tottenham in fourth place. Frank Lampard's Chelsea side came into the contest having lost four of their past five league games, but the manager is now delighted with how things have turned around. If, in, if you're asking what I could have asked them today in terms of a change of system, in terms of a, a question of can we beat a big team with spirit, can we have the fight and the focus to come here and do what we did, then they showed it today. Last place, Watford boosted their hopes of avoiding relegation as they secured only their second Premier League win of the season, beating Manchester United 2-0 at Vicarage Road. Watford now six points from safety. United remain in eighth place, seven points outside the Champions League places. In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors defeated the Dallas Mavericks with the biggest rally in franchise history. Down 30 points late in the third quarter, the Raptors stormed back to win 110-107, rewarding the fans who stayed to watch their last home game before Christmas. Kyle Lowry led the champs with 32 points and 10 assists. Canadian forward Chris Boucher added a career-high 21 points off the bench. It was the NBA's first successful 30-point comeback since 2009. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A prominent Beijing advisor says now is not the time to pass national security legislation in Hong Kong. And the Commerce Secretary looks forward to a rebound in tourism next year. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Sadia Usmani and we kicked off the show with Basement Jacks and Do Your Thing. My thanks to James Ross, who was doing his thing for the morning brew today, and he's going to be back tomorrow as well. Now, on the show today, the show actually revolves around movers and shakers. I have an awful lot of movers and shakers on my program. However, this one today is about how one mover and shaker can lead to more movers and shakers. My guest at 1.30 is Vanessa Chung. She's the Group Managing Director of Nanfeng Development Limited and founder of The Mills in Chonwan. And Vanessa is the ultimate mover and shaker with a countless number of ongoing projects making a difference to people's lives. And I'm going to be chatting to her about her life and ambitions. And just after 2pm, I talk 